The road to consciousness. We will figure out the biggest mystery in human history. How can we have such a rich internal subjective experience of life? yet not know from the physical workings of the brain how or why or where consciousness arises. We're going to do it by looking at multiple different disciplines, putting things in categories of truth, and then making some assumptions on based on things that we have an inkling for. Otherwise, we'll go around in circles. Today, I wanted to talk about consciousness in a different way. There are many theories, there are many people that would make the claim that consciousness is actually a fundamental part of reality or is all of reality. So far, we've talked a lot about materialism. We've talked about physicalism, which has gained a lot of notoriety in the last two to 300 years, going back to sort of the Enlightenment period, um, where people, philosophers, well, it was basically philosophy because everything was under the philosophy uh, blanket including science biology and all of other disciplines psychology and things like that it was all philosophy philosophers started looking at the world from a mechanical lens they started realizing that there is a predictability to the universe and that things at least outside of humans um are not only predictable but mechanical there are certain pieces that are in play here and they play out in a very specific way now up to that point i think for human history a lot of it revolved around theology and whether it was mainly a divine god and a personal god and although it was many different religions uh talking about theology in different ways it was thought that the universe was created and that we had things like you know arguably heaven hell demons angels but there wasn't a lot of talk that there was mechanics happening around us and galileo ushered in this era talking about the mechanical universe and then from there it was descartes and other philosophers and over the last couple of hundred years, physicalism and materialism have really taken the forefront of our scientific lens of consciousness. Reason being is we have so much data and evidence that can now explain the physical universe in terms of the leading theories of physics and quantum mechanics, general relativity. Although they haven't been reconciled and there's, there's big holes and gaps, things like gravity being quantized is not yet well understood. Uh, or uh, quantum mechanics explaining the gravity in terms of the graviton and the force and things like that. So it's not complete. But given how accurately we can do these measurements, we're fairly confident that that mechanical universe concept is, yes, that is our reality. Uh, things play out to the law of laws of physics and things outside of the laws of physics have no effect to the physical reality and that's where theology took a little bit of a backseat here although they're fairly compatible it's just that the universe is mechanical and you you can believe in a in a god that created the universe and things like that but for this purpose what i'm trying to get at is that the the latest trends of physicalism materialism have led consciousness down a path that our universe is mechanical things play out physically everything is and physical and materialism sort of imply reductionism that's you can reduce every single thing in the universe down to the fundamental elements which are the fundamental particles it can be reduced so we are living biology creatures 
but we're made of, of organs and we're made of cells and those cells are you know going down one level into you can talk about biology and then chemistry but everything leads to basically the, the physics and the physical world except consciousness but now that that is much more in favor the leading theory is that we just haven't figured out which part of the extension to the mechanical world has given us consciousness and one day we will and one day we'll figure out that hey consciousness is essentially the next discovery scientific mind you and consciousness has become more of all forefront in the last 30 or 40 years because it went through periods especially embedded with kind of psychology and cognitive science that it wasn't a scientific discipline but with the rise of things like neuroscience with the rise of science looking at it and trying to explain consciousness again it was a it was a period where it was mainly a philosophy uh you know thoughts it's a philo- philosophical problem like consciousness of, of what is it and the hard problem of consciousness but science is now more of a backing especially like i said with neuroscience understanding how the brain works at a scientific level how the neurons and the interplay between the chemical exchanges and the neurotransmitters and the electrical signals understanding how that works a lot of people are now saying well give it another 20 30 40 50 years we'll know that you know there's something to do with the way the neurons interact and they interplay with each other that gives rise to consciousness the other side of the discussion has started coming about because well there hasn't been a lot of progress to discuss consciousness as a science and irrespective of dualism which which sort of states that consciousness is something uh, different from the physical being that we have there's also a camp of people that believe consciousness is a fundamental part of reality what that means is in as opposed to being a materialist and physical mechanical reality that somehow consciousness is a part of physics you can look at it for, for a few different ways that conscious that physics needs to be extended maybe there's a consciousness particle out there uh that would explain then how consciousness is a part of our universe maybe and panpsychism subscribes that maybe consciousness is actually a part of every subatomic element or every element which opens a whole bunch of questions like when we talk about consciousness we normally talk about the phenomenology of it which is consciousness is not is something that is subjective and it has an experience factor that's the phenomenology of it it's an experience it's not just a process and a function whether you know a lot of things we see mechanically in the universe is basically process and function right it's take some kind of energy it does a transfer of that energy and produces a function out of it now we do that too with our physical bodies but we have it we have that attached experience which is consciousness so to say that consciousness is everywhere in the universe and every particle has it now it's proto-consciousness obviously when we're talking about an example maybe an electron having some sort of experience of itself or the or the universe i'm going to lump consciousness as the the bridge of the experience between the external re- uh, world you have and the internal world you have you have you have an internal consciousness that you know you're in a body and then you have the external experience that you're getting through your senses and then your consciousness is unifying that for you would an electron have an internal and external experience now there's many forces constantly at play for an electron the electromagnetic force you know that is a somehow yes you could argue it has does it sense something does it have an experience now 
panpsychism in the states it's a proto-consciousness no it doesn't have it like we have it but it doesn't mean that it doesn't have it at the smallest element smallest scale of consciousness and okay that's that's a lot of people now are saying yes panpsychism is is the way to go and that every element has some common level of consciousness and it's just that our consciousness is much more evolved now it doesn't overly explain exactly what consciousness is and why has the experience uh, whether we have to extend physics or not to have some sort of conscious particle that's another story the other there's other camps and other people that say instead of the world being mechanical and physical and material that actually consciousness is the fundamental part of our reality that everything is based off consciousness now this also points to come kind some kind of field i would say whether it's a consciousness field um whether it's some kind of um you could think of it like that energy is everywhere uh, energy is something that we don't have a very good explanation of what it is we just know how it behaves much like i guess everything else in terms of what we know uh, what if consciousness was basically some kind of field in the universe or some main factor of the universe i think this is something eastern philosophy subscribes to a lot that we are you know tapping into some kind of uh, energy or consciousness that's everywhere uh, a field is basically something that has a value at every single point in space. So temperature is, is, is a field because everything has a value and the average temperature is, is a temperature you normally measure. Or if you talk about it from physics, you know, we have the field theory, which is every force has this electromagnetic field out there and, quant uh, uh, you know, uh, quantum electrodynamics sort of explains that and same with the strong nuclear force that it's a field that's everywhere so consciousness may be a field that's everywhere that's slightly different to what i mentioned that conscious being the fundamental part of reality because some people are saying that consciousness is everything and this is slightly idealism where things are basically all in our minds but all even our physical reality is based on our consciousness i.e even our own physical bodies and what we see everything is consciousness which opens a whole bunch of other questions but how can we all see a similar universe it's just that physically we are very similar and this consciousness concept gives us the ability to see the universe and experience the universe but it's really just that experience that's fundamental everything we know about space time physics everything else is just coming through that experience it's not a bad discussion point because at the end of the day every single thing we've learned in the last two to three hundred years at least about the scientific and the mechanical universe has constantly come into question whether it be matter whether it be space time with relativity and and special relativity Time doesn't exist at some levels of the objective universe. Even space comes into question whether space exists. Now, there was, you know, famous discussions around this, especially around idealism, who George Berkeley was one of the, the empirists that was like, well, everything's in our mind and, you know, all we know about reality comes to the consciousness and, and that's it. But clearly we are able to somehow play that out to interact with the physical nature of the universe. Uh, again i think mass and space and time are a good example i'm leaning on a table right now 
is it all in my head is basically that's what they're telling me it's all about this experience i'm having i'm experiencing my arms leaning on the table it's not actually happening outside of my experience i can close my eyes but my senses of, of pressure still feel that so this is almost the same discussion around if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's around to hear it doesn't make a sound that's basically the heart of this um without experience are we able to have an objective reality and like i said some people say no that it's true fundamental now there are other theories of consciousness that are trying to tease apart what it means different properties having for that conscious experience john locke was one of the the first people to start to break it apart and say there are primary attributes to the universe and there are secondary attributes and that basically means that there is an objective universe i think space uh being one of the primary things like matter and then there is the experience part of what you see when you see a table you see the the color of the table you see the shape of the table but all that exists in the objective universe is let's say the the mass of the table so there is a phenomenology versus the the objectiveness and that experience teasing that apart that that part of it is in our mind so there is an interaction between the universe and the the space around you and what your experience is that unifies to give this overall rich subjective experience um and so it's interesting to start to try and tease apart which bits specifically belong out there and which beliefs belong in our mind but the group of people saying that it's all consciousness and it's all in our mind it's a good discussion point it is a good angle to look at it because the only thing we have is this experience now two three people will agree a cluster of people will agree on some kind of objective reality and absolute truth out there but at the end of the day it can also be altered and you know you can take psychedelics or you can change your brain chemistry even your perception of reality changes now the thing about space though i don't think that changes like you can still walk into a wall even if you don't see a wall (laughs) so there is some physical way that it manifests in our uh i guess in our experience where at the macro level it doesn't matter It, it, it it still feels like it now how could we see a universe, let's say, 13.8 billion years old? And if it's everything's in our mind and consciousness is the main property of the universe, what does that even mean? <laughs> what does it mean to, to try and understand time? I think time plays then a much more critical role um, if our brains... And we don't actually understand where in the brain time is experienced this is very fascinating uh there are patterns to the universe but we don't understand that uh where in the brain there's no one region in the brain that just understands past present or future or even the directional arrow of time it just seems to be an ingrained experience just like consciousness so to for it to play out so well between us for us all to have the same exact experience is fascinating ramification of something like the brain um it's not something easily you can point to there are patterns in the universe there are repeated patterns and a lot of our concepts of time are based on repeated patterns a lot of our concepts of time are also have the scientific foundation of entropy 
Entropy always increasing is a second law of thermodynamics, which basically states, per my understanding, that there will always be an increase in the number of configuration parameters or options that a certain system or energy will have. Uh, and that's always increasing. It's also been tied to like things get more disordered and more cluttered and more chaotic. They never really, unless you put an energy in the system, sort of go back to the, the less configurable state. And there's many famous examples there, but that's the scientific explanation of why there is a directional error of time. There's no easy subjective explanation. And consciousness being a fundamental part of reality, we'd have to account for that somehow. Uh, but like I said, there's a lot of people that also claim it's not only a part of reality, that's unified in some way. And one of the big pushes, I think in the 60s, maybe 30s, 40s or 50s, I believe it was, Carl Jung, who was a student of Sigmund Freud, although mis, I believe misquoted a little bit here or misinterpreted, he was not necessarily advocating for a unified consciousness. But a lot of people took it that way. <laughs> and sort of started trying to connect to each other through consciousness. That's interesting as well. I mean, at the end of the day, though, we whatever, whatever we try and explore, we have a physical reality. I have a physical bounds to what I can see right now. I have a physical bounds to what I can even imagine almost. And I can only move in a certain spatial dimension, regardless of whether that's real or not. That is my physical reality. Can I connect to other people? I'm, I've tried. Um, there is something clearly stopping us of connecting our consciousness together, um, which is an interesting concept. Will we ever be able to do it? Will we evolve to be able to do it? Maybe our brains physically can't do it at the moment, but then if the physical brain is a manifestation of the experience and consciousness is fundamental, then it doesn't exist anyway. <laughs> So this is kind of going around in circles. But anyway, Carl Jung, uh, he was talking more that humans are inherently linked together um, through basically being human and DNA. And like there are certain characteristics that we commonly share uh, through all of that uh, experience that isn't necessarily, I don't think, a unified consciousness field. But he, he was a big proponent that us humans are linked together. Um, will we be able to transfer our consciousness outside of our physical bodies, TBD, uh, to be developed? Will technology help us do that? Technology is an interesting concept here where we're seeing a lot more people starting to understand technology to mimic. I mean, computers essentially kind of mimic us in some way. You take in energy through what it classifies its senses. It does some... It does interpretation and processing, but you have to understand that it doesn't come with experience, as far as we know. <laughs> uh, although something like panpsychism would say then clearly even the transistors have some kind of experience. I'm not sure where it stopped panpsychism. Is it the underlying quarks? Is it the atoms that have experience? Is it summing and integration? Information integration, integrated information theory <laughs> does kind of separate out that mechanical systems don't really have that experience factor they don't have the causal effect uh so that's interesting but at the end of the day panpsychism doesn't differentiate so is it the whole laptop that has some kind of experience right where do you stop um so 
consciousness being a fundamental part of reality is another reason why we would never find aliens because if we're seeing the universe and it doesn't really exist then other beings will maybe see the universe different and they won't see the same universe if what you're trying to say what i'm trying to say but underlyingly is there a unified energy field um energy is an interesting concept that i always have thought a lot about we don't know exactly what it is, but we know how it behaves. And one of the behaviors which I find very fascinating is the first law of thermodynamics. You can't create or destroy energy. Given how much energy is in the perceived universe, that is a tremendous amount of energy. And for not one single, the conservation of energy, not one single bit of energy, if you like, being created or destroyed means that it's underlyingly there's there might be a unified energy allocation to the universe and all that's happening is it's manifesting itself in different ways and being transferred and destroyed and it could be that we are seeing the ramification of in our scale scale plays a very important part in our macro world how the energy is interpreted or perceived or experienced i should say through our consciousness into this world that we see and all that's happening is that we're playing out in that macro world uh, what's underlyingly just a common energy source this is a similar discussion that if the, is there a common source of something out there in the universe whether it's consciousness whether it's energy if you try and build some kind of i guess reverse pyramid and put some source at the bottom then everything else is built on top of that and this is like super reductionism and not just stopping at physics but going one step further and saying that the whole universe is is just generating some kind of field i think field is the best way we could describe it uh, but it's definitely not something we see day to day obviously uh, so that's another interesting way to look at this whether it's materialism or physic physicalism that's correct and consciousness has just sort of evolved and it's it's there as part of a byproduct of evolution or consciousness is everything i don't see how if consciousness was everything how we could explain the evolution data that we have it sure looks like and this is another reason why science is leaning towards uh, physicalism, is it sure looks like things evolved to the current state that we're at. There's a lot of data that supports Darwin's evolution of theory, uh, theory of evolution. Um, that's a lot of data and there's a lot of evidence. You can look at all the fossils, you can look at all the life forms. Obviously, uh, when they discovered DNA, that was a massive breakthrough because you can then, you know, we have four billion base pairs, but you can start to analyze other forms of, life that have smaller amounts but they have the same traits you can see the same genes right um which is super fascinating so either way if it's all in our consciousness it's certainly made to look like that we evolved it's certainly made to look like there was a big bang uh there's evidence for the big bang from the ratio of hydrogen to helium to many other things like background cosmic radiation there's a lot of evidence that can tell us uh, you can do the quantum mechanics and, and the math checks out, right? What happened at the early stages and how the all the forces generated. Although energy, again, is very interesting because at higher energies, our reality changes at speeds towards the speed of light or when particle accelerators produce enough energy, we can start to see particles or things that we don't see at the macro level. So definitely, if it's all in our consciousness, 
somehow it's certainly made to look like there was a 13.8 billion years ago Big Bang and then that evolved into everything we know about the universe which is expanding and it seems to be almost infinite for as much as we can see although it's 100 billion light years across that's just all we can see of the universe Uh, and if that's the case then we're not going to find aliens because it's all in our heads and consciousness rules the world Uh, whether there's other conscious beings out there maybe that's it but um that would be an interesting twist as well uh are we alone in the universe will computers ever generate consciousness maybe maybe probably not again it's not a process and i'll talk about this in a whole session there's no there's process and function but experience is different and phenomenology is basically what we're talking about here um and if it's all about the experience then how 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 does that experience translate to the physical world and this is pretty much the question of dualism if if our consciousness is something separate from the physical material world how can it have a causal effect and how can it play out physically um slightly different question actually when you say it's all in our minds and it's all about the experience then how does the physical world even exist for us and then does that mean the physical world is very subjective everybody sees their own reality but yet they see each other physically like eh. <laughs> it's a bit of a hard sell (laughs) it's an interesting sell um it also points that everything we've done is through empiricism and everything we know about the world is learned through our consciousness and we're basically playing it out in our heads uh but not even in a physical way uh you know even developmental consciousness like your brain doesn't physically develop fully with the last of the pieces being the frontal lobe till you're 24. Then what does that mean when you're younger? And obviously you have an experience, but is it because your brain hasn't developed? You haven't had the same level of conscious experience? See, it all. there's a lot of outstanding questions to these that I don't have easy answers for. So it's a really hard sell. As you talk about it more and more, it sure feels like that physicalism is the way to go and that consciousness evolved and we are now a byproduct of that evolution. So, I don't know. Something to think about more.